Hello and welcome to Meet Her, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Her podcast series introduces listeners to women of accomplishment whose experiences and insights feed us all on our leadership journeys. And I am just thrilled beyond belief that I was able to get a little bit of her time today because joining me today is Joan Budden, President and CEO of Priority Health. Joan has more than three decades in leadership positions in health insurance and numerous civic leadership roles across Michigan. Welcome, Joan, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Terry. It's a pleasure to be here. So um, since you are one of the very top healthcare leaders in Michigan, I know your time's limited, so let's just jump right in. What's, is there one skill that you are constantly working to improve? You know, I'm always focusing on how do I best motivate uh, my team. So I think that's one of the most important jobs of a leader is to really push my leadership team and myself really at Priority Health to keep achieving more. And that way we can, how can we accomplish things by thinking and acting differently and taking smart risks. Um, it's so easy to get extra, uh, distracted by internal and external obstacles that will just keep you kind of mired down and on the treadmill. So it's really great to have a team that will think beyond the immediate what's going on today and to think about the future and where we need to go. And of course, no better opportunity than right now with <laughs> us all working remotely and having our own cheese moved, right? How many people have been referring to that book who moved my cheese? And it's true. And so when it you're with this kind of change, it gets really it's an opportunity to rethink everything. Don't you think, Terry? Oh my gosh, ab absolutely. And, and um, you know, when you get past the initial shock of it, uh, I think it, it, there can be some exciting opportunities truly. Yeah. But, but I'm curious, Joan, if you don't mind like a quick follow-up question, how, so how, um, do you have any tips for how to do that? Well, you not know, how really. I mean, I'm not, a, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I'm just trying, uh, but some of the things that we talk about, for example, is to really try and inspire others is to encourage them to take small mitigated risks. So what I like to say is, what have you failed at this year? And if you haven't failed at something, you're not, you're not trying hard enough. You're not sticking your neck out hard enough. Oh, what a great question. And what a, what a great way to give people permission. Ah. Right. It, it's easy to be safe. It's hard to take a risk. But if you make those risks small enough, and if you use strategic thought partners to really try and brainstorm and build off that initial idea, I think that you can take small mitigated risks that will end up down the road to be a good, big, substantive change. Oh, what a what a wonderful insight to share. That is really that is really great advice. Is there one characteristic that you believe every leader should possess? Um, you know, I think there are a couple. At the beginning of this year, there was 
uh, a really well-known organizational psychologist, Adam, uh, Adam Grant, who was talking about leadership and made an observation that really struck with me. He said that the research shows that there's a coupling of a bold mission for the future with a constant de desire to improve and overcome one's shortcomings can lead to the best of an effective leader. So being a good leader is complex, but it also can be very rewarding and very isolating at the same time. So it requires a great coach, you know, you as a leader considering yourself a coach and bringing out the best in your team while constantly being aware of what's going on in your industry with competitors and economics and other factors in societies. I know there are so many leaders who were experts and that's how they rose to their job or their level of position. Going forward though, your job is to make sure that all of the people that work for you are the experts and that you can help and assist them. And to be that strategic thought partner or leader that says, in five to 10 years, how will healthcare be different? So what should we be doing today to begin down that journey to influence it or shape it? And I find that like some of the brightest people I've worked with can be really good at doing something, but can they enable others? That's how exponentially increases their impact by influencing others' ability to make a difference. And so going from player to coach is one of the big things, you know, most important characteristic. And then not just managing the day-to-day -day work, it's looking out ahead. That's, that really matters. Wow. You know, if it, it's so interesting to me. If I, I had to pick a theme that seems to be emerging from several of these podcasts, it's that exact point, uh, that, that that is a big leap. It's, it's a big step forward in your own career when you move from being an individual contributor to a person who leads others and how it's a surprisingly challenging shift that requires much more thought and work than you, you know, you might originally imagine. So, uh, but I like your, I love your analogy player to coach. That's, that's great. I might steal that, Joan. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So, so speaking of that, what, what are some of the biggest challenges facing leaders today? Well, I guess there's probably not a person that you don't that you talk to right now that doesn't say it's all the disruption and change. And what's weird is that at the beginning of this pandemic, we said, uh, "Here, you know, here's another disruption to healthcare." But we've had so many in healthcare. I remember back when we implemented HIPAA, or we first talked about national healthcare with the Clinton administration. Interestingly enough, I mean. In healthcare, change is constant. There is always new innovation, medical technology, new forms of care, new diseases that emerge. I would say COVID has been unprecedented, but then more recently with not just the clinical side of disruption, but then natural disasters like flooding and now societal unrest. I think it's a time to really think about how do we best treat people when they're most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So healthcare is about helping people when they're sick get healthy. 
but it's also evolved into a dynamic of helping people not get sick. And so it's a time, at least in healthcare, to rethink, do we have the right systems and processes and policies set up to best achieve those two goals? That, I think that's really profound. Um, and it's interesting, you know, we, we all know the quotes, never waste a good crisis. Um, mm -hmm. but, but it does seem to be true, doesn't it? That sometimes these are the times, it seems like there's a trend of these are the times when there's the greatest innovation. Maybe yeah. because there isn't, there's less of a cost of leaving the way you used to do it. <laughs> Right. But right. Uh, what's interesting is, so Priority Health has been having a fairly significant portion of their workforce work from home for quite some time. But in one week, we moved the entire company to working from home. And so it is a new normal, right? And what we've learned is that we can be nimble, we can be flexible. Very early on, though, we also had to move from focusing on ourselves and how we do our jobs to, hey, we're here to help our members, our customers, and our providers do what's best for each other. And so making sure that we, that our talk inside the company, our vernacular, our focus was on the right thing and, and not on the wrong things really had to take a precedence. So when we examine new, new normals, new ways of doing things, we take into consideration, does that help people get better care? Does it help providers provide better care? Does it help people stay healthy rather than waiting for them to be sick? I think those are things that as a society, you know, we have to remember why is this healthcare industry, which is a, such a significant part of our economy, why does it exist? What does it do for us as people? And those are much bigger questions than um, does Zoom work or is Teams better? <laughs> <laughs> they, boy, they sure are. Um, and what a great insight into why you're such a successful leader. I, I think that bigger framing is so important. Bigger framing about purpose and the way forward is, you know, you, you, of course, grow and develop many leaders. That's your job. Um, and you certainly witness many leaders uh, in your customer base and other uh, venues, your community work. Is there one mistake that you witness leaders making more frequently than others? Um, you know, I, I've had this conversation before. It's funny that I guess to some degree, uh, to take on a leadership role, you have to have a certain degree of narcissism. <laughs> and, uh, sad, but probably true. But I think the best leaders are humble and they are also vulnerable. And so I think leaders have to remember that they're, they're not supposed to be the smartest person in the room. So it goes back to some of my earlier comments. The point of a great leader is to create a great team with a great strategy to win, which means helping their customers, right? And so I think that the mistake that I see most often is when leaders um, fall into the trap to thinking it's about them or mm. what they knew. No, instead of really 
garnering and, and getting the support of all of those around, all those great minds that they've put around them. The other thing that tends to happen, and I think this is a, a, a natural mistake, but a mistake that's often made, is that they res respond with putting people around the table who either think like them or always agree with them. <sighs> the very best decisions by far are made when we have discourse at our strategic leadership table. When we have debated out an issue, kind of hard, let's say, let's have that hard debate and really gone after it, we will settle in a place that is far superior than the going in point. And I think you have to understand everybody's perspective. It's the odd man out perspective that maybe has the best influence at that table. And so I think while some leaders kind of talk about, you know, our team is great because we all get along and everything's great, that's not a great team. A great team is when you all have your own perspectives and those aren't the same and yet you still respect each other. So you can still like each other, but most importantly, you respect and listen to the different points of view that you've created and brought to that table. Does that make sense to you, Terry? Oh my gosh, that, that I, I love, I love that. <laughs> I, it, it makes absolute sense. Um, it is the case for diversity and for broad inclusion in leadership. It's the case for seeking out uh, others who are different than us, who think differently than us. And, you know, I don't, I think that doesn't always happen easily and it particularly doesn't happen easily when organizations are under a great deal of stress and leaders are under stress because we you know one way that i've seen people tr manage that stress is to is to surround themselves with mini me's you know with people who are because it makes it short it makes the communication easier but Absolutely. Um, you know, you're pointing out that that is exactly the wrong thing to do, uh, that you really have to be curious and work and seek out uh, that diversity of opinion. It definitely takes longer, but it's worth every minute of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I, I, can, I can see that. And I can see that in your leadership of Priority Health. You know, kudos to you. Um, so you've talked a little bit about this. How do you encourage creative thinking among your team? Is it related to, to risk-taking? Uh, how do you go about that? Yeah, I, we uh, do try and encourage risk-taking. We try and do um, a lot of collaborative discussions. Uh, you know, it, the leadership team has to be very broad. And so while at any given table, there might be small groups of people that gather. We all have to be accountable and take ownership. And um, just trying to reinforce to all levels of our leadership that kind of just doing your job well, like we consistently do our job just like we always did it well, that's not the end game. A leader is, their job is to take that, do it well, and then talk about or have a vision of how you're going to make it even better. And so that takes either using new technologies or processes or fixing inherent policy changes. You know, it has to be a leadership is about 
taking it to the next step. It's about leading change. It's not about what we say, babysitting a function. It's not babysitting. Babysitting doesn't continue to further and to give people a reason to choose us. You know, why, why would they choose Priority Health? We have to give them a reason to do that. So we try and, you know, push that down to every level of leadership in the whole organization so that they feel a great deal of ownership and accountability. You know, it, if you abdicate that accountability to the boss does this or the leaders do that, we try and flip that and say, what would you do differently? We constantly ask that question. We love it when we have a new person to our organization, if they've, whether they've come from outside the industry or just from a, a different company. After usually 60 or 90 days, I sit down with them and I say, okay, what should we be doing differently? Because mm. you have a very unique point in time. Right now, you just came in. Fresh eyes. <laughs> fresh eyes. Yeah. Tell us, what do we need to do differently? Because we've been here for so long, we don't know anymore. Right. We've just become accustomed to it. Right. So I always find that really helpful. Right. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And, and if I could just, I'm curious about, uh, to ask a follow-up question. You know, I, I work, one of my board members um, at Inforum uh, has a phrase at her company. They talk about uh, leaders who are relentless. And what is meant by that at that company is that never resting on your laurels, always pushing uh for innovation, for next, for growth, for change, you know, that. So I'm the flip side of that is how do you prevent people from getting exhausted? <laughs> you know, how do you uh, balance that need for innovation and creativity uh, with burnout? Yeah, that's such a great question. Right now, there's, you know, we're talking so much about how do you make sure you set those boundaries? Because if you're working from home, it can easily bleed into your downtime, you know. So we've talked about how do we make sure that people take the time to maybe go outside during lunchtime or make sure you turn off your computer at the appropriate time, depending on when you started. I, I think that that's a really good question. We started to talk about trying to highly encourage people to take days off, right? So maybe a lot of people had spring break planned and it all got put on hold because it of COVID-19. Sure <laughs> and so then they just said, well, we just won't go. And no, that's not, you need a break, you know, and we purposely kind of have these breaks kind of set into our calendar throughout the year for a reason. And so we are really trying to encourage people to do that for their own mental health. I think that's one of the challenges of working virtually while it has many, many different positives, there are some things about the social downtime at work, the collaborative, the camaraderie. You know, yeah. we have a great culture at Party Health and that informal support you get when you're grabbing a cup of coffee in the kitchen is not there anymore. So I, how do we create those spaces for people to still feel the emotional and social support from their teammates as they did when they were sitting side by side. Yeah. That's one of the new challenges of workplace. It, oh my gosh, it, it sure is. I, I know that just for myself, I was working, I don't even remember, I was working away at something and before I knew it, I looked up 
and it was eight o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, and I had just like gone straight through and I hadn't even noticed. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and uh, right. yeah, so it is, it's, it's, it is. <laughs> the, you the know, blur. <laughs> right. You, you have to learn to set those parameters or the next day you're just not as innovative. You're not as fresh. You're not as positive can be, right? That's true. So, I, I often talk about too, like exercise, right? Exercise is as much for your mental well-being as your physical well-being. Yes. You need to get those endorphins going. You need to let stress and relief go. And um, I don't know if I miss my gym or my salon better, but those are two very <laughs> high up misses right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you so, so speaking of rejuvenate, you know, rejuvenation, how do you continue to grow and develop as a leader? I think probably one of the most important things that leaders do is continuous learning. So while you're young, you might be a natural leader and uh, have the passion to lead others, and that's all great. But what I have really grown to appreciate more and more so is there's a a lot of really terrific studied approach to leadership and how to be a great leader. If nothing else, just to remind you of the traits you might already have. So what I always, you know, I, I do a lot of podcasts. I love her, love Harvard Business Review magazine. Um, I constantly am reading books and the way I do it, I do a, like a novel or a uh, pleasure book followed by a, personal leadership or personal help, self-help book. And I alternate it and I find that that's um, a perfect balance for me. But, you know, to listen to Freakonomics or any kind of podcast where somebody's out there thinking differently, they're taking equations or problems and turning them on their head, their heads might have nothing to do with my industry, but I love that approach to how do you solve a problem? What is the problem? Let's start with what is it we're trying to solve? And I, and I really find that very um, inspiring for me and very in, um, encouraging to think of things differently. Yeah. So are there, you mentioned a couple, but are, are there any specific blogs, podcasts, or books you'd like to mention? We can put them up on the website so people can track them down. Yeah, well, there's so many, but I, I am addicted to Freakonomics for sure. Anything Simon Sinek has said or written, I yeah. really adore. Um, I just read Untamed, which is uh, has so many great things, but I also like Brene Brown and, um, yeah. you know, just constant, you know, feeding and learning about how can I be better. Uh. There was a really great one here. I'd be um, remiss if I didn't mention this. Oh, gosh, what was it? It was about the, the Disney one, uh, uh, Ride of a Lifetime. Have you read that one? Oh, I haven't. Oh, thank you for the that recommendation. Incredible business book. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And I got that recommendation from someone who works at Party Health. She said, this is one of the best business books I've ever read. And I completely agree with her. R Ride of a Lifetime, right? Yeah. Okay, we will be sure we will be sure to capture that and we'll we'll put it up um, on our website in case people are listening to this podcast while they're Wait, can I say one more? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. 
kind of whatever Gary Hamill works writes too. His stuff is so well done. True. Yes. 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 Well, if you think of any more, just send me a note, and we'll. <laughs> okay. We'll no seriously, and we'll put them up on the website because. We don't want people falling off the treadmill trying to write something down because while they're <laughs> listening to the, your podcast today. So. <laughs> so the latest one by Simon Sinek was, or I, I don't know if it's his latest, but the latest one I read was The Infinite Game. Have yes. That? That's such a good book. Yes, yeah. it, it is. It is. But I hadn't heard of Ride of a Lifetime, so I'm going to have- Well, that was really good. Yeah. I'm going to have to track that one down. You know, Joan, thank you so much for joining us today um, and for being so candid in sharing your perspective and what you've learned over the course of what continues to be an absolutely incredible career. Oh, thank you, Terry. It's such a pleasure to be here with you and you're such a gracious help host. And I really appreciate what you're doing for everyone out there. I mean, this is a good opportunity for people to live with, to learn what you're doing through these podcasts. And so you're, you're very important to our community and helping people continue to grow and learn. So thank you. Oh, th thanks, Joan. So that wraps up our podcast. Please come back to informmichigan.org for more opportunities to meet her. And while you're there, check out the other virtual inform components including Meet Him, a podcast series in which male leaders share what they've learned about the importance of diverse leadership. There's also a growing library of video tips, virtual leadership programming, and even a series of virtual events. Thank you.